Hey, thanks again for listening to Veil Media's Now You Know podcast. Alicia was kind enough to give us a promo code, and that promo code is Veil Media in all caps, V-A-L-E Media, no space. And uh, this promo code will go for a week, so till next week, Tuesday, September 1st, uh, you can get yourself a free cupcake. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast, and um, hopefully you'll find some inspiration through her story. And don't forget to get yourself a free cupcake from Cravings Alicia's Cupcakes. Even my husband with Harry Potter Day, he said, um, well, you realize that's a trademark item and we could probably get told that we couldn't do it anymore. And I said, why would you even think that? Like, what's the point of thinking that way? Like, there's no point of thinking that way. And I said, and if that happens, which I doubt it, but if it happens, then we'll change it. Like, that's what it is. And I feel like that's been my whole life. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening and downloading Veil Media's uh, Now You Know podcast. Again, this podcast is is just meant for anyone to listen to and, and feel inspired to level up their lives. And, and, and we're lucky enough to keep finding stories here within our Utah community um, of people who are making an impact in our Utah community. Um, and today, for sure, we have someone that checks all those boxes in terms of making an impact, uh, leveling up, uh, finding inspiration through her story. Uh, we, you probably have tasted or seen her. Um, she's actually been on TV too, but her cupcakes, if you haven't had them, her business is called Cravings, Alicia's Cupcakes. Um, and we have Alicia here herself. Alicia, uh, thank you for showing up. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. No worries. Um, I kind of want to let everybody know, um, a little bit about, uh, what, where you're at today. So today you run your company called Cravings Alicia's Cupcakes, right? Yeah. And you guys are based out in American Fort? Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. Pleasant Grove. Now you've been running your business for, it seems like almost like eight years, you said? or It'll be in November. It'll be eight years. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, so you're, you're uh, a powerful business woman, I should, I should add it, and, and also... Um, you've also, like I mentioned earlier in, in the intro, you've been on, uh, the Food Network's, uh, Cupcake Wars a couple times, right? Three times actually, but no one remembers the last time cause we, we did so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, uh, I, I want to, now that we kind of know about where you're at today and, and kind of the, uh, the business powerhouse that you are today and, and, uh, and of course Baker, um, I, I kind of want to re- rewind back and, and maybe kind of go through your story to kind of see what, uh, you mean, what makes you the person that you are today. Um, are you, are you from Utah originally or where'd you come up from? So I'm from Korea and I was adopted when I was three and a half. I have a twin sister and we were both adopted together and my parents have two biological daughters and then we have another daughter uh, and sister that's uh, black, 13 years younger, so kind of a very diverse family. Cool. Um, so I was gr- I grew up in Nephi, Utah, so there f- basically my whole life, and then I've been in Pleasant Grove the last 12 years, and or actually 13 years, and so um, 
But yeah, I basically have lived in Utah, raised in Utah, and kind of Utah basically is my home. <laughs> awesome. Now, like, what kind of kid were you growing up? Like, did you know when you were growing up in Nephi, going to whatever Nephi High School? I don't know if it's <laughs> GWAP. <laughs> <laughs> but like, when you when you were growing up and and uh, start getting into your teenage years, did you know that you were going to be a business person or a baker? Did that passion kind of start developing that early or? No, actually, I actually wanted to do hair. And then I did, um, what got me into baking was I took a class in high school, a home ec class, and I actually loved baking. And so I would bake for all my friends and high school and everything. And then I just worked in restaurants and, you know, all fast foods and just forever. And I actually worked at Chili's for 10 years. And I actually wanted to, you know, be a manager for them. And then I realized, that was a nightmare and I was just basically a, you know, babysitter, but I <laughs> um, just would always make cakes and cupcakes and stuff for friends and family. And then when I was at Chili's, they would say, oh, do you want to do it for a wedding? And then it kind of got bigger from that. And um, I realized I wanted my own business at that point. I didn't want to, you know, work for someone for the rest of my life. So how old were you at that point when you kind of came to this realization um, after doing maybe a wedding or two? Uh, probably around 26. Twi- well, I, yeah, probably around 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So because um, we like I'll never forget age 30 because that's like when everything happened. It was like the best year of my life, like Cupcake Wars. We won that. We uh, got our business and it just it was like everything was happening at 30. And so, and it's kind of actually weird to think about it because I was um, talking to my friend and I said, it's so crazy to look at 30 year olds. And I'm like, and honestly, it's like, I'm so proud of myself. Like at 30, I owned, you know, and it's my husband and I, but we owned our own business. And I was like, wow, that's like really cool. And so, and it's, it was weird thinking about it then but now at age 38, I'm like, whoa, that's like an accomplishment. And so, yeah, so pretty happy about that. When um, did you so was it was it always a, a surefire like uh, when you were bringing cupcakes around to your friends? Was it always like, hey, Alicia, you should start your own cupcake thing? Or did it just kind of naturally happen as people were willing to pay pay for it? It I would say naturally happened. And I actually wanted to own a restaurant first and I wanted to do, you know, food. And then um, it was just easier to do desserts because people wanted that more and it's easier just to be able to do that. And so but then my sister, actually, my twin sister said, hey, cupcakes are a really big thing. You should get into it. And so I looked at it and I thought, holy cow, this is so cool. You could, I can literally make anything into a cupcake. And sometimes I wish we could call it layered desserts or, you know, gourmet mini desserts because it's amazing how many people don't like cupcakes. And so, and and I feel like those people are the ones that just remember it being cake and frosting and nothing else. And so, um, but just doing that, I had realized like doing weddings, like, And I would say for most part, no one was like saying, oh, you should start something. It was like, you know, me doing it from my home. And I was like, "Okay, I'll do this for now. But I was getting antsy because I didn't want to just keep doing it from my home. So, yeah, I'm wondering. So when uh, so you started the business at around 26 years old, you said 25, 26. Uh Uh And then um, you won Cupcake Wars at 30, you said. Uh 
when you won, that was actually the second time that you had been mm-hmm. on on the show. And for everyone who's listening who's not familiar with the show Cupcake Wars, it's um it's like a show where they get three different three or four different bakers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they have these different challenges and the challenges that you guys have to do um with these cupcakes are kind of really out there. Like they'll they'll say, Hey, here's some, you know what I mean, random ingredients. Yeah. Use these and and they're not if you're used to just a cake and frosting type of cupcake, you you need to watch the show because they pull out some weird things for you guys to use and uh and you guys kinda step up to the plate. But how old were you when you went on the first time after uh so you started the company, then when did you go on to Cupcake Wars the first time? I think it was I'm pretty sure it was around 28 mm-hmm. when I was 28 and we lost really bad. Um, and it was, you know, I'm not like something about me is I can't memorize things. And so you can't take recipes or anything with you. And so I had to just kind of wing it and we felt really miserably and which was really sad because I felt like they didn't actually get who we were because it was all like a pepperoni and jalapenos, like things that, just we would never use and so and and they were pretty brutal like they were they were pretty brutal yeah and and i didn't it and and of course i'm i'm always i'm a i'm a hometown kid so i was rooting for you guys when when i watched it um but um but the ingredients that they had for you guys on that first time that you were on there was like you said pepperoni they had like spicy stuff Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. things with the kit because it was a soccer thing yeah, and I just thought that was kind of an odd thing to do. And you guys decided to go with like a pizza kind of theme uh-huh, uh-huh. cupcake. But like when you when you're out there, I'm and I'm this, I'm curious because I don't know, uh-huh. and I feel like I might as well take advantage with yeah. you being here. Is it literally you're making it up in your head right when you go like because they they always cut the video to make it look like you guys are running out of time and it's and it's thing. So from the time that they tell you the challenge, hey, use these spicy things. Um, to, to the 45 minutes when it's up, you literally make up your own recipe in your mind at that time? or Well, I will say that it was 45 minutes is real. Uh, I can't really say anything about it, anything else. We had to sign a $500,000. <laughs> but I'll just say that a lot of things that you see, I don't look at TV, reality TV, the same ever. That's so funny. I will say it is as stressful as it looks. It is so stressful. And um, we did have to kind of wing it um, it definitely wasn't something like I had a recipe in front of me and I was getting because I felt like if we would have had that, then I could have actually done a lot better. But um, no, I just say, you know, what you see on TV isn't uh, I just don't like reality TV anymore. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think we can read between the lines. On yeah. That. <laughs> um, well, I want to talk about because I watched and one of the judges like the, the dude with the accent, mm-hmm. he was pretty brutal. And I was just like. Sometimes I was wondering, I was like, dude, this dude's just doing this for their, for TV. Like, you know what I mean? He just kind of wants mm-hmm. to be that judge. Um, but, and and then it, you had an interview on the episode and, and you got kind of emotional on your way out because it split up into like three different rounds and mm-hmm. you got out on the first round, on this first time around. And, um, and I thought about that. And as I watched it, I was just like, I kind of, obviously I was rooting for you, right? Yeah. I'm going for our hometown. I want Utah to be represented and. And uh, and I, it kind of makes me think about like the ups and the downs of the business world, right? And this, while I think it was great exposure for you, right? That's kind of just uh, a vulnerable place to put yourself on national television, 
And then, you know what I mean, to have be open to someone critiquing you when, you know I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know I mean, your mom or brothers would have ran up to that judge and slapped him yeah. with their purse or something, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I, I relate that to kind of the struggles and getting over the fear of even starting a business. Was there any fears for you when, when you decided that you wanted to start at 26 uh, or 25, 26 years old to start your business? It's funny that you asked that because I was actually having this conversation with my friend and my husband. Um, well, first of all, with the judge, um, like Florian, um, a lot of people did say he was mean. And just to let you know that he actually is really nice and he was 100% telling the truth. It was disgusting. Like <laughs> he said what, how it was. And honestly, it didn't hurt my feelings because I knew. So, um, but I, it's interesting. I was, I was just talking to my uh, employee and she's actually my friend too, but she, the other day with Harry Potter day, it got really busy. And I said, we have to start baking for um, the orders. And we actually ran out of cupcakes up front. And so I said, never mind, these cupcakes are all going to the front. And she goes, uh, no, they're going to orders. And I said, no, we have, it's 5 p.m. We have five more hours. We have to use these for the front. And she just was kind of like, what? And I was kind of annoyed. And I just said, go home and I'll do it. And she goes, no, this is my job. I'll do it. And I was thinking about that. And I realized, like, it was just last week, I realized my brain is so different from, I don't know. I feel like I don't really know a lot of people this way. And I think it's a benefit and it's also a curse. But I don't think of consequences. And so when you ask that, I I didn't think of, I all I thought was, it's going to be a success. It's going to be, it's going to do awesome. I have this vision. And it was funny when we went to the bank to get the loan, we had, you know, and I get it, one out of three businesses, I don't know exactly the number, but, you know, fell. And he, the guy that we were going to do the loan from, I told him my vision. I want to do a cupcake shop. It was for women because of girls' nights out and, you know, something for kids. And that was my vision, and he didn't see it, and we got, we got turned down for the loan. And so we'd actually already won Cupcake Wars, but we couldn't say anything. So we actually said, all right, we actually won Cupcake Wars, and it changed his mind. And I was like, I don't understand how you didn't, like, you couldn't see it. And we, I mean, we, we were able to pay the loan off within, I think, that year. And so, but I legit don't think of, like, it, my mind is whatever will happen will, ha will happen. So, you know, I was telling my employees and, you know, my husband. So we will run out of cupcakes, you know, for the orders, but the next day we'll make more. Um, you know, it's, it's, everything will work out. And if it doesn't work out, then I'm the one that has to suffer. Not you guys, I do. And so it's funny that they're the ones that are, you know, worrying about it and not me, even my husband with Harry Potter day, he said, um, well, you realize that's a trademark item and we could probably get told that we couldn't do it anymore. And I said, why would you even think that? Like, what's the point of thinking that way? Like, there's no point of thinking that way. And I said, and if that happens, which I doubt it, but if it happens, then we'll change it. Like, that's what it is. And I feel like that's been my whole life. And I haven't realized that I've had that mentality until literally this last week. I've realized I don't look at consequences, which is, you know, I don't know. Well, I think it's funny because we've interviewed a couple of business uh, owners, uh, you mean a handful of them here on our show, even though we've just 
uh, kind of started up. And it seems like that's a common trait amongst entrepreneurs is that, uh, yeah, because I, I feel like sometimes um, if, if, if person A, if John Doe says, hey, I have um, this idea to make the, the newest and be- greatest curtains, um, but I need A, B, C, and D, uh-huh. E, F, G, uh-huh. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 to 100, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then I, I can easily get handicapped and say, well, I can't start uh-huh. until all these things are in line. And it sounds like you're saying, just go and figure it out on the way. And, and when someone says you can't go here, then just go around and, and uh-huh. figure out another way. Uh-huh. Is that right? Oh, 100%. And I feel like when you said that with other entrepreneurs, you kind of have to, I mean, not have to, but you kind of have to have that mentality to, you know, I mean, I know you can succeed any other way, but I look at people that do, I can't do this until this. I'm like, well, when are you going to ever do it? Yeah. Like, when are you ever going to do it? And so, and my husband is very much like that. And that was like, Cupcake Wars was such a blessing because I don't know if he would have, I, I know he would have, but he definitely thinks ABC. Like he would want everything in place. He was like, we have this school loan. We own this condo that's going, you know, under what, you know, we have a lot of, you know, loans and stuff that we need to pay off. And he definitely looks at that way. And so I told him, if we win Cupcake Wars, you promise we can get a storefront? And he said, yeah. And I know that he might have thought we were going to win, but we already <laughs> blew it <laughs> so bad. So I'm just like, I don't know. But he was like, okay, I guess we're doing this, you know. And he's very thankful. Like, we even each other out. For That's sure. awesome. Mm-hmm. What would you What would you advise? Would that be your advice to someone? Like, let's say there's uh, another 25, 26-year-old that's listening and they have this idea that they've been sitting on um, and they, they want to start this business. What what would your advice be to them? I would actually, like my advice to someone that wants to start their own business, I would say you need to have a passion for whatever you're going to start. And I've and watched businesses fail. And I've noticed that the people that I know personally that those businesses have failed, they've either like, you know, I like to bake. And so I'm just going to start my own cupcake shop or my own bakery, you know, and then they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more that goes into it. And this is awful. Or, you know, I, I know how to do this skill, but I don't want to work 60 hours a week or, you know, and I feel like if you are passionate about something, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like if you're passionate about something, you're going to work as hard as you can before you let it fail. And um, my twin sister owns Cravings Bistro. And we we talked about like with COVID and everything, we're like, we will die before we shut our doors. Like it will, unless they tell us we have to shut our doors, we won't. And I've watched a lot of businesses shut their doors and, you know, and I don't know their circumstance, but we definitely were like, we will not shut our doors. We will make sure that we succeed. And we're so fortunate because both of us have done really good during this tragic time you know so that's awesome and i I think it's important that you bring that up about your passion because um you mean something unexpected is going to happen and and i think if you don't have a passion for you mean whatever you're trying to build whatever kind of business or brand that you're trying to establish like uh you you might just chalk it up as like okay then uh you mean there's there's my loss i'll cut my losses and and run with it and um and i think that's 
on all, I think on all business outlets, right? Like even if you're watching Shark Tank and uh, or or whatever, they'll. I feel like all business leaders kind of hint towards that. Like, hey, I'm I'm gonna bet on the person more more than the actual business, right? I'll I'll bet on Alicia because I know that she's not gonna shut her door. She'll die before mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. shuts her doors than than the cupcakes. And I think uh, that's a that's an important thing to point out um, about passion. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Um. What about um, what was something you talk about like when have a passion for it because stuff you know what I mean that you weren't expecting or that was unforeseen uh, will come and and you need something to kind of push you through those difficult times. For you, what was kind of your first wake up call as you started your business where you had to be like, you know what, this is on me. I gotta I gotta get this done because this is my dream. Well, the first year we were, um, we started, it was a nightmare. I, I mean, it was just, it was so much harder than I ever imagined it to be. Um, my husband's a pilot, so he's gone four days a week. I had just had, um, a, I had a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And it definitely, it was hard because I didn't know, you know, numbers. Like, I was baking all day long. But if you, like, compare it to what we do now. So, like, for an example, like, one of our cupcakes, we do probably about 100 cupcakes a day of just that flavor. We were doing 12. And we had six flavors where now we have, like, 26 flavors. And it's like we were busy. I was busier back then than I was now because I was trying to figure out how to do things. And that was really frustrating because I lived there. And it was really hard on on our marriage. Like, I was like, holy crap, if we can get through this, then I feel like we can get through anything. And it was, it was so hard on our marriage um, because, you know, I was the mom. And, and that's one of the other things that was really hard was the mom guilt, the feeling like, what am I doing? I'm not at home. I'm, I'm not taking care of my kids, you know, and having that, you know, I was torn between wanting to be a mom and wanting to be this business owner and, that's actually when I had, I had to start um, listening to self-help books and listening to life coaches and stuff because I was like feeling so bad about myself with from business to being a mom. And so um, I don't know. I just feel like the passion is what got me through it because I was like, I won't let this fail. And honestly, and I actually thought of the guy like, from the loan, I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to succeed, you know? And so, um, because a lot of people didn't see the vision because it's like, I don't know, you really don't, cupcakes, you know? Yeah. So I get that. I totally get it. So, but yeah. How, what, what's your advice to deal with with exactly what you just brought up? Maybe people who doubt, right? Like, wait, Alicia's making cupcakes? Are you serious? Like, you know what I mean? Out of all the things in the world, we had another uh, few months ago, we had... Uh, another guy who cleans windows for his business and he's uh, really successful at it. But he talks about how sometimes he, he had got laughed at about, wait, Kyle, you, you wash windows. And so I'm, I'm always interested in how you dealt with maybe the doubters or the haters or whatever you want to call them. Um, did, and, and sometimes they're even close friends and family, uh-huh. right? And they think they're telling you something in your best interest. Uh-huh. Um, how did you deal and, and juggle with with outside comments like that that actually fueled my fire and I didn't I didn't take it personally I got it I got why they would think that but I was like no you you don't see what I see you know and 
Um, so it actually, it never offended me because I got it and I just, but it made me want to prove them wrong and made me, you know, want to fight harder. So cause, just because I'm stubborn. <laughs> That's awesome. What about when, um, when was the first time that you felt like validated? Like, you know, because that first year you're talking about, hey, everything's on fire. We're, we're, I'm just a fireman putting out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Fires all day, just trying to make this thing work. Um, but was, was there a moment or was there a time, time period where you kind of were like, hey, things are starting to click and uh, I think we're really onto something and my vision is, is turning into reality? Oh man, I would, I would say it was probably a good four to five years. And what's interesting is before we actually owned a shop, the first time we went on Cupcake Wars, it actually did boost business. And we actually went into, into some boutiques because we hadn't had a storefront yet. And um, it did help boost business. And I remember going down to, um, it was a, at UVU, it was a women's um, expo. And, and we had just was featured on Cupcake Wars, but lost. And they had asked us to go down there. So we were excited. We'd had just this tiny little booth and, um, and it said, you know, featured on Cupcake Wars and we were super excited. And then, you know, all of a sudden I hear over, um, the intercom, uh, Cupcake Wars winner here, Sweet Tooth Fairy. And let me make it clear that I do like Sweet Tooth Fairy. I know Megan, she's a great person, but, <laughs> you know, but I'm, you know, 20, you know, eight years old and, I'm super excited to be there, and the whole, I swear, I felt like it was every five minutes, but it wasn't. But it was, go try Sweet Tooth Fairy, you know, Cupcake Wars winner cupcakes. And it, like, killed me. And people would see the Food Network sign on mine, and they're like, oh, are you the Cupcake Wars winner? And I was like, oh, no, you know. And it was, like, probably one of the lowest times of my life. And because I felt like, I'm never going to I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get what I want. And I don't know why I felt that way. I mean, I think it was the comparison, you know, but it was and I remember talking to a friend and I said, "I'm never going to be as good as, you know, I'm not going to be as good as this and I'm never going to be able to get it." And I don't know why I kept going, um, but I did keep going, but even throughout the years, there was a still a lot of comparison. There's still a lot of, you know, I wanted to get bigger. I would actually say probably after three years, because at that moment, I did remember I felt like I never felt like it was enough. And um, I wanted to get a second storefront. And I was like, OK, if we get a second storefront, then I'll feel successful and I'll feel like we did something. And um, so we were actually looking in Lehigh and we were trying to get a storefront. And my husband was kind of hesitant, but he was you know, supportive. And my friend that actually owned um, a cupcake shop and a cake shop up in South Jordan, she won Cupcake Wars, probably one of the best cake artists in Utah, very well known, owned two, um, two bakeries and she closed her shops down. And I said, oh my gosh, Janelle, what's happening? So we went out to dinner and she said, Alicia, I have four kids. This has ran my life. Like, I wish I would never have gotten a second shop. It's just been so hard, you know, with, you know, employees and she had a manager stealing and just custom orders and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that was like a wake up call. And I always thank her to this day for telling me and being honest with me, because at that moment we said, I said, I don't want another shop. 
and we decided to have a baby instead, which is she's the best. She's our youngest, so she's our awesome. favorite, of course. <laughs> um, and um, but I think at that moment I was like, no, I we're good. We have a great, successful shop, and you know, I'm I just want to make now this place better. And I feel like actually that was the moment where I felt like, okay, we're enough. We can do this. We're we're successful, and let's just make this one even better. So yeah. That's three years into it. So you're 28, 29, right? Well, so that was the first time when I was talking about that story. That was when we didn't have a storefront. So this was when we did. So I was 33 around. Okay. Yeah. So. Now, like, um, I'm curious because and I know we're kind of jumping around in terms of, of the timeline, but um you you were on Cupcake Wars first and then you, you get invited back to come on a second time. And uh, and I, I'm curious, you said, you mentioned it kind of briefly, like that it, it boosted your sales. Um, when you went on this last time or the, the time that you won, um, it, I'm sure it boosted your sales again tremendously, oh, yeah. right? Yes, yes. Um, now, I, this is kind of maybe just like a less businessy, but kind of, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, what, what was that like? Cause you, you, uh, what was, what was the difference between the first time that you were on and, and you get out on the first round and, and the second time that you come on and, uh, and you came on with your sister again, it was the mm-hmm. second time you come on with your sister, um, with, she's like your little assistant and, and, and you guys are giving these challenges and it was kind of even higher stakes, right? Cause it was a soccer event and now you have like the all American rejects, mm-hmm. uh, the band, you're going that's the prize, right? Is that you'll mm-hmm. cater an event for them. But how, how are you different between uh, those two times? Like how am I personally different or how did it affect us? Different? Sure. Both. Well, okay. So this is interesting because so, like I said, we, we went on three times and I'll tell you exactly the answer to that. No one cares. Not no one. Most people do not care if you lose like they only care if you win. So what's interesting is the first time we were on there, um, you know, we did get a boost. And I also feel like that was because Cupcake Wars was kind of just beginning. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, huge yet. And it was getting bigger. But so, you know, we did get some publicity, but it wasn't anything overwhelming. And so when we knew we won, we knew it would be bigger. Did I think it was going to be as big as it was? No. Like, you know, we were having a lot of people call us for interviews and, you know, if the newspaper and, you know, all these things, which was like just crazy. Then we went actually right after lost, not one phone call, not one anything. (laughs) (laughs) It was like crickets. And that's why it's so funny when you said you've been on twice. I'm like, because no one knows. (laughs) No one cares if you lose. It's so sad. It's not that they don't care, but you know what I mean? It's like Cupcake Wars winner, not Cupcake Wars lost first round, you know? (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. So Yeah. Well, and, and what about like uh, personally? Were you more confident coming in on the second and third time, or? Um, I was definitely uh, more scared going the second time, but I was more determined to win. I realized how hard it was, and it was it was cool because all four of us that had got brought on, all of us had lost, so we all knew what we were doing, and so, um, so with the third, t- the second time, I was very like. I I was much more prepared mentally 
And then the third time was actually, I was not prepared mentally. We had just opened our shop and it was just so chaotic that I wasn't in mentally. And so, but definitely there was a big change from the first time to the second time. And so, but yeah. That's really cool. I think the biggest thing that I like about like, um, even kind of going back to what you're saying about kind of your mentality and just kind of attacking things and I'm not going to worry about that problem. I'll worry about it when it comes and then I'll figure it out then. Mm -hmm. Um, is that it seems like it kind of just brings opportunities to you, right? Like in, like, uh, rather than someone who sits back and, and waits and then those opportunities never come. Like I, I like personally all American rejects, that would have been so cool to cater their event. Uh, what other opportunities has running your business, uh, brought you that you don't think you would have had otherwise? Just from the cupcake shop? Generally, business, being a business owner. Um, so, like, biz, business opportunities or, I mean, one of the things that I feel like, you know, well, so I had decided a few years ago that I was going to change the brand to not being um, cupcakes and not just being cupcakes, but I wanted to kind of make it a personal brand too. And that was because I was listening to these, you know, um, I don't know, like Jenna Kutcher and what's the name? Um, what he swears like all the time and he's terrible. Um, oh, what is he? He owns the, I can't remember, but he, and, but just like Rachel Hollis, you know, all these people. And they all talked about how people buy from you, from you personally. And I remember thinking, no one wants to know about me. Like, why would anyone, you know, and then they would say, and you're probably thinking, no one wants to know about you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And I like, there's no way. And I remember the first time I decided I was going to post a picture of myself and I was so scared about that. And my husband was actually very nervous about me doing that, too. And he didn't want us to share, you know, because I feel like we've been raised to, you don't talk about your problems, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be. And so the reason I'm talking about this is because I feel like because I've been able to build this platform from cravings, I, um, I'm more fortunate that I have people that will listen to me and will, I, I get to be a voice where, you know, my husband says, you know, you're so blessed that you already had this platform because a lot of people that would want to do what you're doing, it's much harder. And, you know, to get those followers, like if this was just me doing this and I didn't have this background, I probably wouldn't be as successful with, I mean, who knows, you know, with the, you know, the experiences of my life. But because of it, I felt like it's helped me, it's actually helped me become a better person and then I've also felt like it's helped me um, kind of like interact with my customers and kind of, you know, they they get to know me through my vulnerability, I yeah. guess. So. so it sounds like like um, recently, not too long ago, you made a pivot in your, your branding to kind of introduce yourself personally more. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, because is that, is, are you just born with that? Because you seem like... Um, I'm wondering why why are you able to adapt so well? Like you are was it your parents just kind of said, "Hey Alicia, you, you just attack the world and and it'll come to you" type of thing or were you just 
you read a book and, and I'm, I'm wondering because if I'm, I'm thinking if I'm a listener and I'm like man she just gets it man she mm-hmm. just goes and she just does and she's a person of action mm-hmm. and and uh and and I, I I'm inspired but maybe I'm I, maybe that's just her personality maybe it's mm-hmm. not me mm-hmm. all right why, why do you think you're you're so like that so I've actually been going to therapy the um, this last year. I started going to therapy in last June, and then now I'm going to life coaches. And I actually, my therapist actually said, why do you feel like you're so resilient? And I was like, I don't even understand what resilient means. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had explained it to me, and I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know. And, and what we realized is, um, you know, I have great parents, but I had a really bad childhood childhood mentally and you know uh, my sister and I left our home when we were 17 we've basically been on our own since we you know since that day and we've done everything and it was kind of like I'm going to prove to my parents that I can do this you know and we you know and honestly like you know, I had some uncles and aunts, like a lot of family, a lot of family, friends, friends, like the community, everyone um, stepped up and helped us. Like, you know, from just being supportive to saying if you need anything, you know, and I, I've like always thought of like, I can picture all these people that, you know, stood up for us, helped us. And I was like, even just for them, I was like, I'm going to make it because you guys helped me. Like, I'm, I'm going to go down this path and I'm going to make it. And, you know, and I didn't really know what making it was. I didn't go to college. You know, I actually went to go apply to UVU and I was like, I don't want to do this. And, um, and so I don't know. I think it, it is personality. But, you know, something that I've learned is that people that have had a harder life, they tend to, you know, I know that's not every case, but they do tend to, you know, work harder. I don't know if that's 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think I agree with that because we had um, Harvey Longy on the show not too long ago. He's an NFL athlete and and he talked about a similar thing, kind of like sports for for him and his family was um, a means of survival. Like that was their way that they were going to. Their family and his whole family is like from top to bottom, all crazy good athletes. But mm-hmm. he talked about how it wasn't, you know, what I mean, it wasn't just playing a game for a game. It was, it was more than that. Like this is how we're gonna get out uh, mm-hmm. into a better situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think what you brought up is is the perfect word. I think resilience is a perfect word. And if you're out on your own really early, mm-hmm. like you mean as early as 17 years old. You know what I mean? That would, you know what I mean, kind of build that toughness or that resilience mm-hmm. so that when, when life, you know what I mean, hits you, um, you're you're able to handle it and not fold. Mm-hmm. And and there's countless stories of other business people. Richard mm-hmm. Branson was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think he was on his own at 16 or something. Mm-hmm. But um how do you teach that? Um if we if you take off your business, uh your business cap and now you're a mom, or maybe you keep your business cap on and you want to teach other business or mentor other business leaders, how do you teach someone resilience when, like, obviously for you as a mother, you probably don't want to, you mean, your kids to leave at 10 years old or something to be on their own so that they can be more resilient than you. But um, how how do you think we can get resilience to the end of the row or to the next generation? 
So I remember this on uh, this kid that uh, worked for us, and I had to let him go. And I actually knew his mom, and she was really upset with me. And that's why I was like, I hate hiring people that I know. And so I asked her. I said, Hey, can I talk to you? And I said, Just to let you know, your son was really good for like a week or two weeks, but then he got he was in in the bathroom on his phone, just you know, told. And she was just so appalled, and she was like my husband and I work so hard and I can't believe that he would work like that. And I remember thinking that's so strange that because I kind of always thought before my kids were older that it just, you watched your parents do it. And then now having employees and watching my own kids, my 13 year old, I love him, but he is not a go-getter, not a go-getter. Like I'll say, you want those shoes? You want this? you know, do some extra chores. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. My daughter, that's almost 10, she will she will work her butt off. Like she, if she wants something, she will get it. And my husband and I have talked about it. It's, how, it's so interesting because both my husband and I are very hard workers, raising both of our kids. But my my son, I legit worry about. Like, and I, I don't know what will happen. Um, and he doesn't have that drive, which it, it drives me crazy because I have it so much that it's it's hard to watch. But I feel like, you know, for us, it's just, you know, um, finding things that he loves. So he loves football. So he does have a drive for that. He, you know, but besides that, there's really not anything else he has a drive for, which is sad to me. But I just feel like, you know, all we can do is be the best parents that we can and show them and hopefully one day, you know, and I actually was, I uh, talked to life coaches once a week and I was just talking to them about this because I said, I'm worried about my son and, you know, it just kind of, it, at the end of the day, you know, obviously they're children and we're, have to be the best role models, but at the end of the day, when they're 18 and they leave the house, it's up to them and maybe they'll have a, hard awakening, you know, and so, but I do also feel like parents these nowadays, especially having employees, everyone babies them and it drives me crazy. It is, I, oh gosh, I, one time I had a parent that was mad that I had prepared them that they were going to work eight hours. And I mean, these parents are, they are, I have the best employees, they'll bring them food and they, you know, it's funny from being, you know, almost eight years, our employees, when we first started, were working four to five shifts a week by themselves. Now they're working one to two shifts a week. And it's like, they can't even work by themselves. It's always two people. And I, and I do, I will say, I blame us as parents that we have um, taught our kids that they can just do whatever they want. You know, I was actually talking to a school teacher and she says, you know, it's not the kids, it's the parents. Why, why is my son getting an F? Because he's not doing the work. Well, you need to help him. No, you know, and it, it really, I feel like it's, I see it all the time. Parents are just enabling the kids. So, but like I said, with my son, I don't know, you know, it's yeah. hard. That, that's such an interesting uh, topic because it seems like uh, resilience is one of those topics that floats around in the business conversation, right? As a, uh, as a necessary or powerful piece of an entrepreneur or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's important to start having these conversations like you are with your coach and your life coaches and, and 
and whoever, because um, that that's something to you know what I mean think about in terms of you know what I mean are are we giving handouts too much to our kids and mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, just kind of everything that that entails. Like you know what I mean you want to you want to be a good parent. You want to and and it's tricky because I think most parents in their mind, right, whether you say it like literally or not. I think everyone wants to give their kids uh, what they didn't have, right? Like, or, yes. or set them up for a better future. It's just figuring out what does that mean. Like, uh, like, like my dad always tells us, like, you know, before I went to football practice, I had to go with my uh, with my dad, who's my grandpa, and, and we would build houses, <laughs> and then we would go. And like, it's hard to balance that because, like, now. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you don't even build houses anymore, <laughs> so I can't go with you. We can't, like, so it's not replicating the same thing, but kind of extracting the principle of resilience yeah. and plugging it in. But it's like, how do you do that? So, well, and that's funny because I was talking to my friends. We're like, the chores that kids have. Do you have kids? Yes, I do. Uh, and how many kids do you Three have? Three little kids. Three little kids. It's so funny because it's like, you think about Saturdays, and it was like, you did chores all day Saturdays. I don't even think kids know what chores are on Saturdays. <laughs> and I don't even think they really know what chores are. It's like, you know, I'll tell them to do one thing once a week. And it's like, but look at me. I have I have made that for my kids. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have not done that. And But it also was, I was talking to my friends about it. And I said, but is it just because we're all control freaks and we want it done a certain way, you know? And I said, I wouldn't be surprised that we're kind of more controlling with how we like things. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a learning game for all of us, but at the end of the day, I feel like as long as your kids know you love them, then. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's uh, I, I, I completely agree. When I think um, about, and you, you actually mentioned, uh, there's a statistic for all businesses within the food and beverage space, right? And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it. Um, I think this statistic is a third of businesses that are in the food and beverage space uh, fail within their first year. And then within the first five years, uh, half of them are no longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you've broken through both thresholds, right? Like mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you lasted the first year and you passed your your five years, um, what's your secret? Um, I feel like we love our customers and I listen to my customers. And I mean, and that again goes right back to listening to podcasts and listening to people's advice that, you know, I don't know, but it's like the customer is what keeps us in business. And so that's why I changed it to kind of get to know me and because I based it around the customer. And, you know, I'll tell my my front girls that are the cashiers, I'm like, it does not matter how good our cupcakes are. It does not matter if we won cupcake wars. It does not matter anything. As long if you if we give terrible service, we will not have customers. And I always tell people that um, I feel like we're I want to be the Disney of Pleasant Grove and I want to have people be able to come in and have a magical experience. And um, I'm, I'm not I used to be scared of competition. So I would even have my bakers sign a non-compete. And, you know, and then I like started looking like kind of realized I'm like, oh, man, you know, you look at. Cafe Rio, Costa Vida, Chip, yep. Crumble, all these places. And there's a lot of copycats. And all you would have to do is change your recipe just by a little bit. And 
by listening to these coaches and everything, I realized that if you can create something that someone else doesn't have, so we're creating an experience. And so I feel like if someone, you know, opened up a shop right next, right down the street from us, I would not be scared because I would be happy that they would, because I feel like there's enough customers for all of us, but I feel like no matter what, they can pretend, they can try to do what I'm doing and they might be good at it, but it will be different from what I'm doing because we're different human beings and I have a different, you know, idea. And um, so I, I definitely feel like the reason we have succeeded is because we really listen to our customers. So That's pretty powerful. Um, and I think that applies to business across the board. Um, we talked before this, just a little bit before we started recording, and, um, and I, I, we were talking about kind of the, the highs and lows of your journey. Um, and recently... This year, because 2020 just decided to be the craziest year that the world <laughs> has ever experienced, um, and and you, like a lot of other businesses, were affected by uh, COVID-19 and kind of the the shutdowns and everything that was involved with that. And you mentioned that that um, business-wise might have been one of the lower points. Um, do you mind talking about that and and how you're you're working through that still? Yes. So when everything happened, you know, it was kind of all, I don't know, and kind of, I'm again, I have that personality that's like, oh, everything will be fine. And then it was like, whoa, what is happening? And um, I remember like being, we had to, we couldn't have people inside anymore. And when we were having people inside, people were getting mad and they were messaging me saying, I can't believe that you're going to let people inside. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, you know, obviously things were changing with COVID. And so we've shut the doors. And then, you know, I always say that the best and the worst part of owning a business is my employees. Like they have like become such like they've become family to me. And we I've become so close to so many of them. But there are some that I just want to wring their neck. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, you know, they didn't want to work. And it was really upsetting to watch all these people losing their jobs every single day. My husband being a pilot was one of them and that we had, we were giving them the opportunity to keep working. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of them would have rather us close our doors and give them um, unemployment. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm closing our doors. And if you want to quit, I, you can quit. But I'm and I actually had this heartfelt the first time because they know me as this bubbly person. And I sat them all down and I said, if you want to quit, you can go out the door. There's a I, I know there's a million people that want a job right now. And you are so fortunate that you have a job. And if you want to leave, I don't care. Just get out. And I've never been that direct before. And I was bawling. And because I, I just realized how fortunate we were and that so many people were taking advantage of it and still taking advantage of it, which is really sad. Another thing that was really hard was because of the situation, I felt like we were starting all over again. We didn't know how to do curbside. That wasn't our expertise. And so we were trying to do that. And it was, you know, all the cupcakes are made, but it's taken us 20 minutes to figure out how to get this cupcake out to this person because we're it's all new and people just screaming at us and yelling at us and, you know, getting their orders wrong. And it was like, just mentally, it was like, 
oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I have a girl, my assistant that was sending me emails and she's like, and then she would like try to find a good one and be like, hey, Alicia, just let you know there's this one. But it was just overwhelming with all of that. And there were so many tears and so many breakdowns. But, you know, again, it was like, we're, we're going to get through this and we're going to figure it out. And we did. And everything went really well. And we're so fortunate that we stayed on top. And, you know, honestly, we didn't lose any business. We actually have been almost busier than we normally have been. And I mean, yes, I feel like cupcakes, sugar is like the alcohol for Utah people. (laughs) (laughs) So they needed something, you know, because, and I also, I also gave that, that's the excuse I gave to people being mean to us. It was like, they had been, you know, cooped up inside all day long. All I want is my cupcake and it to be correct. So I got it. And so, um, so I do feel fortunate that we were able to have something that provided a good thing for people. So, yeah. And, and like you said, you guys, you guys, your business I didn't know that your business really wasn't hurt. You guys mm-hmm. had a huge uh, Harry Potter mm-hmm. type uh, deal for Harry Potter Day, uh, and uh, that seems like it was incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and you mean things are are, are moving forward? My uh, th- this is my second to last question, but like uh, what what's next for for uh, the brand of Cravings Alicia's Cupcakes um, for the rest of this year and then obviously the big picture moving forward so the goals for cravings is i'm actually working on an online class and i would love to be able to i've always tried to figure out how to share you know cravings outside of utah and and so we are working on that and then um, my big thing is that i really want to be an influence to women and to be um Something that has bothered me for a really long time is Instagram and social media in general and just how we all compare ourselves to each other and this mom guilt and this, you know, not feeling good enough. And it's just overwhelming. And I've realized it's because no one, not no one, but most people don't want to put out their, you know, the hard things. They Everyone wants to be, no, we're perfect. We're, you know, and I remember this one time I I was posting a video of my bathroom and it wasn't really even that messy. We just had makeup all over and I, we were in our condo still and I was posting, I feel so sorry for my husband. I showed that, you know, my, my makeup was everywhere and my parents called me and were horrified. Like, why would you post that on Instagram? Why would you show people, you know? And I said, because I don't want people to think that I have this perfect life, that I have a messy home. I'm a business owner. Are you insane? Like, I don't, I'm not going to just hurry and clean my bathroom so it can, you know. And I've realized that it has affected so many people um, that I want to keep this um, going. And, um, but honestly, like, doing this has actually helped me more than anything. Like, it's crazy, you know, I meditate and everything. And this meditation that I was just listening to the other day was talking about how to get over shaming. And, you know, the best thing, you know, 
for that is to talk about your feelings, to be vulnerable, to, you know. And I remember the first time, like I said, I was so scared, but it was like a huge weight off my shoulders. And I can't believe how many people reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing. This is exactly how I feel. Because I felt like so many, you know, I remember I had to unfollow a lot of people and not because they were terrible people, but like this influencer that I was uh, watching, she's perfect. Her life is perfect. And I remember at the end of the day, she goes, and my husband and I just like to always have our house, you know, clean and we pick it up every night. And my husband and I were both watching it and he goes, why can't that be us? And I was like, I'm going to throw this freaking phone. <laughs> I was like, do you know how she has a house cleaner? She has a nanny. She has a, you know, personal assistant. Like, you don't see all those things. And the only reason I know that is because I know her, you know. And I said, but, you, it, you know, I remember Rachel Hollis talking about, you know, women um, not talking about their help and not talking about the real things because, you know, there was um actress that, you know, someone said, oh, how do you do it all? And she goes you know, I just wake up in the morning and I just make myself, you know, I tell myself I'm going to do this and we're going to get through this day. And she goes, but you didn't tell people the help you have. You don't tell people like the hard things, you don't. And so all these moms are looking at you and thinking, gosh, if she can do it, why can't I do it? You know? And I feel like because of what we have um, built People look at us and probably think that, oh, they just have this perfect life. And, you know, I like we actually got a brand new home about a year ago and I hardly ever post pictures of it because I don't want people to compare themselves to me. I don't want that, you know, because they don't know that we waited 12 years in a small condo with three kids and saved up and worked our butts off for this. You know, they just see this perfect house and like, oh, she just has everything. But she's, they don't realize that, you know, that this person that lives in this home when they moved in was struggling so bad with depression and didn't even care about her home. And, you know, that, that this person didn't even want to be alive. And, but she has this successful business and these great kids and a great husband and this great home, like you're perfect. And I was like, I'm don't want people to, you know, I want people to think of me as a good person, but I don't want them to compare themselves to me. So I'm like, well, let's compare. Let's, let's show everybody that we all have our issues and it's okay. And, you know, and I've, I've been very fortunate to be able to get therapy. I've been very fortunate to have these amazing life coaches that I talk to weekly and they, my life coaches have changed my life. They are, they mentally, like, if I could recommend anything to anyone, it'd be life coaches because they have, change the way I look at things in my everyday life. And um, the biggest thing that they've helped me look at is myself and that any situation that I'm in, it always goes back to me and not to blame people, not to be the victim, not to be, you know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's I'm responsible for me. And I feel like, you know, that would probably be one of the best advice I could give anybody is just take responsibility for you and, you know, not worry about everyone else. So, well, that's that's that is uh, so powerful, and I think, especially, I think it's powerful, like in your purpose. You know what I mean to to help women, um, but but I think it helps everybody. I think, like even as you're even as you're speaking, um, I've I've felt that too, man. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> like sometimes I'll and, and my wife might be following some of these. Uh, or someone will show me some of these influencers and 
and you know they're showing their their house and like and and like uh my sister showed me this this gal and like uh she's fixing up her house and her husband is like mr fix it and i'm just like dang dude i can't do that like i can i can hang a picture really well if you want that but like i can't and i didn't even realize it till you were talking about it i was like man i think i do compare too because i was like man how how if if my wife wanted to do this to this room could i do that and i'm like no bro you can't like yeah and and so i think it's interesting while i think you're uh, a part of your mission is to empower and strengthen women. I think it bleeds over to um, to dudes like me, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, man, that there is kind of this comparison game. And I think what you're doing in the business world um, is powerful too. Uh, again, for anyone, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, um, your your story is inspiring. the uh, The last question that we always ask everyone on on our show is um when you consider everything your your life journey business being a mother uh your personal mission um what are you most grateful for gosh that's a hard one i literally wake up every day feeling so grateful i asked my husband um one day i said because I remember when I was like researching happiness and it was like, grateful people are happy. And I'm like, I am so freaking grateful and I am not happy. And I'm like, I literally wake up like so grateful. Like I just think of all these things that I'm grateful for. And I said, do you? And he's like, hell no. He's like, that's a gift you have. <laughs> he goes, I do not. It's hard for me to think of things that I'm grateful for. But uh, honestly, I would probably say uh, the thing that I'm most grateful for is my husband because he um, he has been through everything with me, and he's always been there for me, supportive, and just, um, I know without him, like, you know, I think of our business, and it's always, oh, your wife has such a great business. They don't realize he does 50% of the work. He does all the crap that no one sees, you know, and no one, how does your wife do it? And constantly, you know, and now he just, but I just feel like, He's my rock and he's, you know, always been my biggest supporter and still is. So, yeah. That's that's pretty powerful uh, that, that, that you would say that. And I think your whole story and message and mission is powerful. And and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, this is uh, our episode uh, with Alicia Nuttle, right? Nuttle, yeah. <laughs> Nuttall. I don't want to say it wrong, but Alicia Nuttle, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.